Every year I know we gonna go hard We been that team ever since Bart Starr All my cheese heads go pack go Ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no I ain't Welcome in to Lombardi's Legends I am Wags and joining me as always is my co-host Dane Coming off of a exciting weird Packer victory, but we're four and one, Dane, and uh, here we are recording on Sunday evening live on Facebook and on our YouTube channel, simulcasting, and then we'll also be available uh, for those of you listening later wherever you download our podcast. So, uh, Dane, how are you feeling after this one? Was this a a one beer, a two beer, or like a three beer type affair this afternoon? You know, I, I don't normally drink beers during the games, Wags, or after the games. I try to keep it keep it as clean as I can, but uh, definitely craft, I, I cracked a, a 16-ouncer uh, right around overtime. When we started seeing missed field goal after missed field goal, uh, it, was, it was time for a, an adult beverage. Uh, but I'm just glad we, we came out on top. I'm not going to lie. I, it looks a lot better being 4-1 and one than 3-2. and two. I'll tell you that much. And to go on the road, take care of business against a Bengals team that is certainly up and coming. And to do it without three of your, your top offensive linemen, you're missing an all-pro and a pro bowler and your rookie who looks by all appearances to be a stud in the making. Uh, you're without your all-pro cornerback. You're without a lot of talent. And to go in there and take care of business, I don't care how you do it. It's hard to do it in this league and to win that game. I'm impressed by this Packers team. I'm impressed by the resiliency of the team. I've seen teams, Packer teams in the past that would fold up after a couple field goals, that did not happen today. These guys picked each other up. So I'm curious your your first initial impressions, but I was really proud of this Packer team. I think we're learning a lot about what this team has. They've got a lot. They got each other's backs this year. There's no doubt about that. Yeah, I, I think Aaron said it best after the game as post-game presser. He gave credit to a lot of guys individually, and then he finished it off his comment by, and I'm paraphrasing Aaron Rodgers here, saying this was just a team win. And I think that's so true because they weren't perfect in any phase of the game, but everybody contributed in every phase of the game. Mm. Um, and, you know, I can live with, uh, with, with guys not necessarily making every play. Uh, and you, you can go on down the line. If it's, if there's going to be, things that happen that just don't go your way. Uh, it's when it, it's the unforced errors that drive you crazy as a fan. But uh, yeah, Mason Crosby, just throw this one out, I, I yeah. think, uh, first of all. It's not something that uh, we see uh, very often. And it, it's been a, a, an amazing year and a half for Mason in, in not missing field goals. Uh, and it was just we saw the Bengals kicker struggle uh kicking into that same end zone today and so there's something weird about cincinnati and and i i know and uh, that they have to kick it's an open end zone uh was where Mason missed a couple of his kicks so it, it's one of those things where you kind of just got to throw it out but you're absolutely right dan how can you not be impressed with everyone you know coming together and doing what they need to do to pull out that win yeah, no, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. And I, I think that uh, just let, let's talk a little bit about this offense, this Packers offense against this Bengals defense. I think that the um, without three offensive linemen, really incredible stuff by this offensive line. Lucas Patrick playing center. He's played guard for the Packers this season. Now he's playing center. Had one poor snap, that's it. I thought overall he had a really strong performance. Yash Nyman now, all of a sudden, he started three games at left tackle for the Packers, and he's played really good football. There's They're showing more reliance, I think, on him as this is progressing. And it's just, it's, it's really fun to watch these guys get out after it. And if you didn't know better, I mean, we're pushing those guys, those Bengals defenders on their heels quite a bit in this game. I thought the run game looked really strong. Um, A couple sacks on Rodgers, but I think overall um, the offensive line held up incredibly well, especially on the road. I don't care if it's half and half Packer fans, Bengals fans. It's not easy to go on the road. It's not easy to play against 
some pretty good front seven of this Bengals. Not a bunch of names, but they play really well as a unit historically this season. So for the Packers to go in and do that and for this offensive line to do that, um, just a credit to them. They were pushing guys around. They played with a chip on their shoulder. And in a game where you could you could make the case that the Bengals maybe big picture needed this one more than the Packers. They're kind of this up and coming team. For the Packers to go in with a bunch of guys, Packers had a lot of excuses why this game could have gone south. And for them to take care of business says so much about them. But as an offensive line unit, they looked more physical out there today. They looked kind of pissed off. And I was really excited to see that. And they take a lot of pride in winning football games there in Green Bay. For sure. And a lot of the yards on the ground came on that long run by uh, Aaron Jones in overtime. Mm-hmm. So they didn't necessarily run the ball great overall, aside obviously from that one big play. I thought they got away from the run a little bit too much uh, in the uh, second and third quarter. I'm not really sure why that was exactly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Aaron got into a bit of a rhythm, um, so that certainly was part of it. Uh, but the offensive line, I thought, really did well. They, Yeah, they gave up a couple of sacks today. Uh, those were some situations that Aaron was really holding on to the ball. I, I said after the game to you that, I noticed that Aaron was holding on to the ball a little bit longer today than he was the last couple of weeks. And I'm not sure if that was necessarily a bad thing. Although what the Cincinnati defense was doing really well were they were playing up press man coverage and, um, and then they were dropping into some too high looks. And so what that was doing was, was putting a lot of pressure on our receivers on the edges but they were also giving up the middle of the field. So that's why we saw Devontae have such a big day. Once he got out of his release, he was able to get open a lot across the middle, and Aaron was just feeding him the ball. The, the only downside to that is it takes longer for those routes to develop, and so we really needed this offensive line to step up and block a little bit longer today than we were expecting them to the last couple of weeks. That's also why we saw those corners blow up some of those um, those uh, wide receiver toss routes that have been really effective. Uh, and Devontae wasn't able to get anything going on those. A couple of those, we had wide receivers out in front to block, and the cornerbacks blew right in and, and were making the tackles. So I think th- there's some adjustments that we can make if, if defenses um, play us that way. But, mm-hmm. I mean, heck – they had to make sacrifices, and I think the Packers are going to be happy with the results considering they were able to hold up up front uh, in that pass protection, I think, overall pretty well. And then that allowed them to develop uh, some of those longer uh, plays across the middle. And we saw Devontae Adams just have a, a big, big day, career day, uh, in terms of yardage uh, as a result. Yeah, career day. I mean, it looks like Madden out there. Matt LaFleur after the game said, well, there's, yeah, I mean, he's a 99 Madden. So, yeah, of course, he's going to do that. But, you know, joking aside, it's incredible. You don't see guys, even in this day and age, you don't see guys get 200-yard receiving days the way that they just did. He just carved them. Uh, he carved them up. You mentioned Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon, Wags, got a ton of touches once again today. Um, thought that he looked strong running the ball, and he's really adding another dimension, I think, to this offense. You, you mentioned the Packers, I think, really taking what the Bengals were going to give them. And uh, you said in our Insta Live right after the game, I mean, thank you, Cincinnati, for just not covering uh, A.J. Dillon in the first half. And you were spot on when you said that. But reality is, you still have to make the play. And Dillon has really soft hands out of the backfield. They're relying on him more and more. It's fun to see this one two punch come to fruition because it's, I think it's kind of what, everything we would hoped it would be through five weeks is what it's becoming. I love watching A.J. Dillon out of the backfield. And all this is doing is keeping Aaron Jones fresh. The fact that you can go in, you can grind out a 25 22 victory. Uh, on the road in overtime and Aaron Jones only has to touch the ball 14 times rushing the ball and is still able to have a productive day says everything you need to know that they have a balanced rushing attack right now yeah well balanced in terms of the runners I I think one of the things that uh, it's still going back to my earlier point I thought they could have run the ball a little bit more early in the game it it wasn't that productive Uh, and you can't just 
take away that 57-yard run by Aaron Jones in overtime. I, I realize that's all part of the total. But um, outside of that, they really weren't, I, I think, running the ball as much as I'd like. It was a little predictable in the play calling today. A lot of first down runs and then second down play action. And, and normally they mix it up a little bit better. And I think uh, Coach LaFleur didn't come right out and say it, but he said he needs to be better uh, as well. He, he didn't think that he had the best uh, game plan as, in terms of uh, the plays they were calling. So um, it, it, it's something that they'll go back and take a look at. Mm -hmm. uh, but at the end of the day, they got the production. And, and Dane, and I think to your point, that's all that really matters. So, um, you know, kudos to the guys for putting in another uh, performance up front. It starts up front. And, and those Cincinnati D linemen were, were getting after it. I thought they were bringing a, a lot of uh, intensity. So that was, a, that was a battle in the trenches for sure today. So, Dane, we talked about Devontae Adams having a big day. Let's talk a little bit about Aaron Rodgers. I don't know what was going on with him in the first quarter. It didn't look good. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh boy, this is going to be a tough game if this is the way it's going to go. <laughs> uh, thankfully, that third series rolled around and he was able to put together a drive six for six and a touchdown capped off by that A.J. Dillon uh, run into the end, rumble into the end zone. So uh, it's it's interesting. It was, it was a really, really good day for Aaron after that. Um, but what did you think overall with what they were doing? Was, was some of the play calling that I'm mentioning partly just because Aaron did get in such a rhythm uh, and they were trying to just take what the Bengals were giving them? Or did you think that we could have uh, mixed it up a little bit better to try to uh, keep um, – some some more rhythm on the ground and, and try to wear down that Bengals front seven a little bit more. You know, I'll always I'll always want to see running the ball more, right? In the pre in the preview podcast, I said I was hoping we'd be able to really uh, run the ball a little bit more because what the Bengals had had success with up until this point had been. Um, you know, making teams a little bit more one-dimensional, whether it was the Vikings, whether, um, you know, it was the Pittsburgh Steelers or others. And then that's where the Bengals were able to get after it. And, um, you know, I, I was hopeful, especially when you get into overtime, it was an 80-degree-plus day out there. It was hot in Cincinnati, especially when you're playing that many snaps. I think if you're able to run the ball, you're kind of gassing those guys a little bit more. And uh, you could see it in the Packer defense, I thought, too, late in the game. And, and no surprise, they look tired. But both sides look tired. I think the more you're running the ball, the more worn down you can make the opposing defense. Um, but to all of that said, I do think that the Packers are trying to take what they can. And Devontae Adams was a great example of they were like, just try to stop it. And we kind of knew what was coming. Rodgers dropped back. I'm like, well, Devontae's probably getting this ball, right? I think everybody in Cincinnati was shouting that too, but they just couldn't stop it for most of the day. So a credit, I think, to be able to do that. And, and Rodgers, I, I thought a sneaky 300-plus yard game today. Uh, Devontae obviously had 200-plus, but Rodgers well over 300 yards. It's a credit to him uh, because it didn't look like it was going to be that way after the first quarter. We've seen games where we go on the road, and as great as Aaron Rodgers is, there are times where it's like this just isn't his day. He's missing receivers. And I thought that as the game wore on, he really settled in, was able to hit his marks, and obviously Devontae, but also on that uh, overtime throw to Randall Cobb, that's about as good as it gets. To be able to convert that, uh, they didn't quite get first down. I would argue Randall did get the first down on that play. But to be able to fit that ball in to Cobb, you know that he's flowing when he's able to get that kind of flow going late in the game. So credit to Rodgers. I thought Rodgers uh, got better as the game progressed. And generally speaking, Wags, if Aaron Rodgers is getting better as the game wears on, you're probably going to win more often than not. Packers had a number of opportunities to win this thing <laughs> over the, the fourth quarter and into overtime. But um, when we finally did, should have come no surprise with how good Rodgers was really in that second half. I Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and particularly in the second quarter. Interestingly, I thought he was actually missing some throws in that third series. Was a little high, uh, a little out in front on a couple mm -hmm. of throws. Not you know, terribly so, but receivers had to outstretch their arms a little bit more than when Aaron is, is really pinpoint. Uh, but thankfully after that, he seemed to settle in. Um, Efficiency-wise wasn't the 
best game from the Packers. They were 36% on third down, uh, two for five, 40% in the red zone. Uh, so anytime you have a day like that offensively and then you turn the ball over uh, with an uncharacteristic Aaron Rodgers interception on the road, uh, it's a good sign if you're able to again come out come away with a win uh, they can get better there for sure and and i think um this is normally an offense that produces at a high level when they mm-hmm. get down in the red zone uh, we saw that last week against the steelers as well where it, maybe not so much in the efficiency just missed a few opportunities they didn't really need to have that you know, put the pedal to the floor and, and just step on the, the the opponent's neck and put them away against the Steelers, but they sure could have used that today. And so I think there's uh, certainly, while it wasn't a bad game for the offense, uh, it, it wasn't the best game either. So, um, Dane, let's talk a little bit about the tight ends. Uh, you mentioned yeah. post-game in our Instagram that uh, Mercedes Lewis, uh, the big dog, coming up with a clutch catch and uh, we haven't seen a lot of production in the pass game from the tight ends, but obviously they've been getting called to do a lot of blocking, uh, mm-hmm. and that's been needed the last few weeks. Uh, but what a, a, a need, clutch catch, and a big moment for, for Mercedes Lewis. Uh, and it was another quiet day for Bob Tunyon. So um, it wasn't super productive from a pass-catching standpoint, uh, again, this week for the Packers tight end, but a big moment and a key spot in the game for uh, Mercedes Lewis as well. Yeah, and honestly, in a game where maybe they could have been a little more creative offensively, that was one of the more well-timed play calls you could have had. I just think that it was one of those where you keep Mercedes kind of close to the line of scrimmage, and um, you know he's been doing a ton of blocking, as you mentioned, and just you don't expect them to do kind of a, a, a short screen pass to um, you know, 38-year-old tight end or however old Mercedes Lewis is and then expect him to go and get those yards. Uh, Mercedes isn't as fast as he used to be. I don't know if he was ever a complete um, burner to begin with. For him to be able to make that play, I mean, first it was an element of surprise, but then from there, he got after it. And I thought the blocking looked good in front of him and Lewis was able to kind of uh, pile drive over uh, one of the defenders. So just one of the more well-designed plays, I thought, of the game by the Packer offense. Um, some of the plays earlier were just pure athleticism, I thought, Devontae Adams being Devontae Adams. But from a purely scheme perspective, that play to Mercedes Lewis was kind of one of those bravo moments uh, from the Packers coaching staff to draw that one up. And, and for them to be able to complete that and keep that those chains moving was just incredible in that moment in the game. Yeah, it's it's one of the things with the tight end production that's been missing this year is not just this week, and I thought the Bengals did a really great job of this, but actually most of the season, the uh, play action weak side uh, bootleg where Aaron rolls to his weak side and uh, usually has a couple of tight end options out in a flat has been getting defended extremely well against this Packers offense this year. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, uh, Coach LeFleur and, and Coach Hackett may want to take a look at that because that's been a, a kind of a big part of this Packers offense the last couple of years, and it seems like the book is out on mm-hmm. on those reads and those plays. So they may need to make a couple of adjustments there. It's not so much the play call itself as, as much as teams seem to know how to defend it and seem to to – almost see it coming. I'm not sure it's predictable in in as much as um, perhaps there's something that they're picking up on tape as well, because uh, they're, they're not giving Aaron time to, to make the read and, and the the, Mm -hmm. uh, receivers don't seem to be getting open. Uh, So it's, it's getting well, well covered. So that's, that's something that we'll have to take a look at. I'm not as concerned about those uh, wide receiver tosses that the Bengals, I've, you just got to tip their cap. Yeah. Their corners did a great job of covering those today. They just blew them up. Uh, you know, uh, one of those plays we had Cobb and and uh, uh, EQ out front, and and Equinamius just you know basically whiffed uh, the corner. He ran right by him. I mean that that might have been a nice ten yard gain uh, if he just throws his body in front of the corner. Uh, so, you know, there's that's more an execution thing than a play call thing. Uh, but um, obviously we may want to 
you know, see if we have something where one of those other receivers is able to do a slip uh, route and, and perhaps we can do a, a play, uh, you know, we can uh, do a pump fake from Rodgers and perhaps we've got someone running a, a go route down the seam. Uh, if we're going to have corners crashing in that hard, we've got to do something uh, to keep the defense on us and beat them over the top uh, when you give them those looks as well. So, um yeah, I, I was overall encouraged. I thought um, Devontae had a quieter week against the Steelers last week. We thought he'd have a big game this week, and, and he was definitely the star offensively today. Yeah, no no doubt about it, no doubt about it. Um, anybody else on the offensive side of the ball? I thought, you know, they Cobb outside of the – well, first of all, I think Cobb's been worth everything based just on the last couple of weeks moving the chain. It's nice to have him in Green Bay. Adds a dynamic that I don't think we've had the last couple of years offensively, especially with MVS out. But even without him, Cobb just moving the chains is going to be important. I just – Wags, I see it late late in the season when we need one. Randy's going to be there. I trust him. I know Rodgers trusts him. Lazard, again, more of a blocking wide receiver. So it uh, remains to be seen if they're going to work him in, or maybe this is just who Alan Lazard's going to be in this offense. Uh, you know, we're, we're getting close to a third of the way through the season already, which is pretty incredible. And uh, you know, at a certain point, you kind of just are who you're going to be in an offense. So that just might be who Alan Lazard is. Yeah, um, I I called him an X factor this week, and he really wasn't involved aside from blocking. So it's hard to call your your blocking wide receiver an X factor. I mean, he was doing his job out there, but I thought this might be a week they got him a little bit more involved from a target share perspective. It's not happening. So yeah. um, you know, I'm not saying it won't happen, but I think it's you're right. That seems to be kind of who he is. Uh, you can't really change that if that's that's what they're doing out there on the field. So, uh, no, I don't really have much else offensively. Um, uh, obviously, I was relieved uh, that the fumble. I thought he was clearly down by contact, but you just never know uh, the Aaron Jones fumble. Uh, but, um, you know, that, that's, that's something that would have been kind of a backbreaker. We get the interception and then fumble it right back. But thankfully, he was down by contact. So non-issue, I guess, uh, from that perspective. Um, so, Dane, I think before we dive over to the defensive side of the ball, let's uh, take a break to talk about our sponsor, DraftKings. And uh, DraftKings, of course, is the official sports betting partner of the NFL. Uh, so this week, new customers have a special offer where they can bet just $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. Uh, so uh, it said here the last 0-0 tie in the NFL was in 1943, so kind of a, a no-brainer bet. Uh, but, Dane, I think I want to turn it over to you. You've been talking about your wife, Andrea, and her you know, uh, Andrea's pick, so to say. So I, I want to hear how she's doing with her DraftKings lineups. Yeah, Wags, I mean, so listen, it, it, the, it continues. We're, we're recording this on a Sunday evening. My wife, Andrea, signed up through the DraftKings app. Uh, you know, she put down this $1 bet, was able to get 100 bucks back uh, in, in bets, and she's just cleaning house. She's cleaning house. She, she, I don't know if she works for Vegas at this point, what's going on, but she knows what's going on. I'm looking over her shoulder. I'm telling her, oh, I wouldn't pick this. And she goes, you know what, Dane, shh. I see you're in ninth place in your fantasy league. I don't want to listen to you. I'm going to do it on my own. So Andrea, she put in uh, the promo code TP. P-N. That's like the Pigskin Podcast Network, our podcast network. Again, TPPN promo code. Put a dollar down. Got a bunch of money back, and she's winning, Wags. She's winning. She's embarrassing me in my own house. Yeah, I might have to, you know, text her on the side. And if I do that, no suspicions, Dan. I'm just trying to get win some money for my fantasy lineup. I don't so. blame you. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Throw down $1 on any NFL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a point. That's promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customer only. Minimum $5 
dollar deposit, one day dollar wager required, one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. All right, so Dane, let's uh move over to the defensive side of the ball. I can't help but be encouraged considering, uh, you know, another week, another man down and our best defensive player, Jair Alexander. Obviously, we all knew he was going to be out this week, but this defense held their own. I, I mean, we only gave up 22 points. Just looking at this from a macro perspective in a game where we went to overtime, uh, the Bengals were able to, you know, move the ball effectively at times. Uh, Jamar Chase is a big time receiver, had a big game and uh, we're without our best corner. So, you know, we have the odds stacked against us in a way. Uh, Joe Mixon, who I thought was not going to play today, was able to go, albeit not probably 100%. Um, they gave him a run. So they've got the horses, and uh, I thought this defense as a whole just really, really stepped up to the plate. Yeah, I would completely agree, Wags. I mean, it's it was interesting because it was kind of a, a mix of a cast of characters here. Some of them are guys that we're used to seeing. Some guys maybe not as much. But uh, let's start with Kenny Clark. I, I talk about him every week, but he's been so good this season. Um, this this he's he's definitely trending towards one of those career type seasons. He had six total tackles, but it's it's it just look past the statistics with Kenny Clark. He's moving mountains out there. He was so disruptive up the middle. And I don't care who you are at quarterback. If you've got a guy coming up the middle in your face, uh, it makes your, your job so much harder. I saw Kenny Clark blow up run plays a number of times. I saw Kenny Clark cleaning up plays where some of his, his teammates were able to get a push and Kenny kind of came in and made the tackle. But whether it's the pass rush, whether it's in the run game, Kenny Clark was just a maniac out there once again today. He really was. He's taking on double teams. He's, he's, he looks as good as I can remember a defensive lineman for the Packers in the, in the last number of years. He's played really sound football. His motor's been good. So uh, I think it really starts with Kenny Clark, especially when we're down Zadarius Smith, right? And we're down uh, uh, Jair Alexander and we're down, we're talking our studs right now are out and you're not doing anything uh, if you don't have uh, guys up front taking care of business. I think Kenny Clark right now is doing that as well as he's ever done it in his career. And I do not say that lightly. He's playing phenomenal football right now. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. That I mean, and we need him. Uh, oh, yes. You said we're down these impact players. He's like the third impact player on this defense. With apologies to Devondre Campbell, who might be our defensive MVP right now. Yeah. Not what we're not for what we're paying him. Uh, the dude is just playing lights out. But I mean, when you look at this defense coming into the year, it's Kenny Clark. It's Zadarius Smith and it's Jair Alexander. Well, two of those guys are down. Uh, so this is this is a defense that really revolves around can Kenny Clark be disruptive up the middle? And when he's doing that, it makes everyone else's jobs a lot easier. And that's that's just real leadership and that's what being a you know a impact player in this league is all about um i don't know if there's i mean i don't watch all at 32 nfl teams every sunday dane uh but i i say this without hyperbole i really don't know if there's anyone else uh in the league at that position that i'd rather have uh right now than kenny clark than the way he's playing football but we just have to appreciate this and i hope uh, for Pete's sake, I hope, knock on wood, he stays healthy. And yeah. if he can keep playing at this high level, uh, this Packer defense can keep getting better and better as this season goes along. Yeah, a couple other guys. Dean Lowry, I thought, had a really nice game early, uh, especially the first half. Thought he played some pretty good football. Uh, TJ Slayton got some limited reps, but got a half sack, I think, in there with Dean Lowry. So credit to both of those guys as well. I thought we're both pretty active and were able to kind of help clean up on some of the stuff that, that Kenny Clark was doing. But I thought it was a team effort up there. And can I just interject that TJ Slayton, he was getting a push on two guys. He was getting double teamed and he was getting a strong push up the middle. So if it's plays like that, that's going to stand out on tape and he might be getting more and more reps if he continues to do that as well. 
Yeah, I got to think he's going to, right? Especially as the season wears on. In the limited reps that we've seen, TJ, he's looked very good. He's got, I think, a, a sack, sack and a half now this season. Uh, a fair number of tackles, or at least, you know, he's credited for a half tackle here or there in very limited snaps. I really like what he's going to be able to bring. And I've got to think he's one of those guys that as the season wears on, they're able to put in there. And, and then, Wags, let's talk about that, uh, about Devondre Campbell. Uh, inside linebacker. Left for a little bit uh, in the game. He was injured, came back in. It was noticeable when he was not on the field. Comes back in, ends up with a ton of tackles, uh, is able to to make a stop and force a field goal attempt uh, that was missed by Bengals kicker. I believe that was in overtime. Had that big interception, key interception, where 99 out of 100 times, that's the sealer. (laughs) And Mason Crosby hits the field goal. Uh, Just can't say enough about what Devondre Campbell is doing for this Packers defense. It's clear that guys are feeding off of him. Some guys just have a knack for being at the right place at the right time. Campbell seems to be that guy. He's had a couple interceptions this season. He's got the fumble recoveries and he's just making tackles and he's not making tackles four yards downfield. He's making tackles at the point of attack. And I just can't say enough about how good he's been. And Aaron Rodgers in his press conference uh, actually gave credit to the front office today, I believe I saw, and said he's like, how was this guy on the street? Uh, just like a huge credit to us being able to bring him in. So I think he's turning heads across the board right now, Wags. Yeah, I mean, how can he not the way that he's been playing? As I said, he's, I would say, our defensive MVP at this mm-hmm. point of the season. And uh, he's playing just excellent football, anchoring the middle of the defense. I guess inside linebacker can actually be important uh, on a defense day. <laughs> Weird. Uh, <laughs> I never Weird. Really thought. <laughs> so anyway, um, you know, it's hard to, to pay everyone. I get it. But, um, yeah, how, what can you say about the guy? He's been worth every cent so far. So uh, I was happy to see he was able to go out uh, uh, back on the field and, and seemed no worse for the wear. It was, was, went right back to making impact plays that you mentioned. Um, you know, another guy, Dane, that I thought looked a little bit better today uh, was Preston Smith. He looked a little bit uh, hampered last week mm-hmm. after he had to leave the game. He looked fresh out there today. He looked like he did the, the previous two games before last week. Uh, and uh, I thought he he had a really productive game. Maybe he did have a sack. Um, maybe not necessarily when you look at the box score. He didn't have 10 tackles, but that's not really his role or his job anyway. Um, I thought he was uh, getting some nice push and, and also setting the edge really, really nicely, uh, maintaining some nice gap discipline. He was running some stunts uh, that enabled uh, some guys to swing out uh, and they were getting a nice push up up the middle and on the edge so I thought Preston Smith stood out as well out there today Dane what do you think about the uh, talking about the negative side of things which they don't like to focus on too much but let's be honest that end of half series what the heck happened out there I, I mean I get that you know, probably 99 times out of 100, if you look at that play in slow motion, not really sure how that ball got through the outstretched arms of Darnell Savage. Yeah. He's trying. He's try, that said, was that a situation where, you know, you got to have a little bit more discipline and recognizing your beat, the guy got behind you in a situation when it shouldn't happen, and play the man, uh, and you probably uh, end up being able to deflect or to break up that uh, that pass versus making the home run play, trying to make an interception or knock the ball down. Um, or do you think, you know, he just did what he had to do given where he was on the field? It's kind of a, it's, it's fun. We can laugh about it now. If we hadn't won this game, there's, you know, there's not a lot of laughing in that situation because that flips a game pretty significantly, pretty quickly, especially knowing that the Bengals got the ball back to start the third quarter. I mean, that's just, you know, it's pretty inexcusable, I thought. Just overall, defensively, um, I think it was kind of a perfect storm. I haven't watched too closely yet. I'll have to go back, but it looks like, I think we only rushed two guys is what it looked like to me, maybe three. Looked like it was Kenny Clark, and I, I couldn't tell who else was rushing. And you're right, Savage, I don't know. I mean, Chase is remarkable, Wags. He's he's a very talented young wide receiver, and he's gonna he's one of those guys you can tell we're gonna be talking about five, ten years from now. He's gonna still be 
talking about because he's that good of a receiver. You can tell he's one of those up and comers, but he did. He, he was able to find that soft spot. Looked like Savage was able to get there and just wasn't able to make the play on it. And I agree. I mean, the last thing that can happen is a touchdown on that play. So I don't know exactly what the nuts and bolts were. I know after the game, Savage said it's not going to happen again. <laughs> I hope it's not going to happen again. Um, but I, I can't tell if that's all on the, the backfield. I mean, the Burrow had all day to throw the ball. So that doesn't help anything either. I, I, I don't know how long. He probably had seven seconds, Wags, to sit back there and sling that ball. And I don't care who you are. You can't expect DBs to be able to cover somebody for that long either. So I think it's kind of a combination deal there. Well, yes, but I disagree that you should be able to let someone get behind you when you're the, the safety. That's the part that, that's bothersome. You, yeah, he did have way too long to throw. Uh, Chase lined up on the left boundary ran a deep post corner and then just kept going across the, the, the right side of the field. Uh, so th- the only thing I'll say is Darnell Savage, he's still a young player. He's an extremely talented player. Occasionally has a propensity to try to make the, the, the high impact home run play when the smart play would be the better decision. And, you know, I get that. You know, you don't want to get down on a guy for being aggressive and playing instinctually and, and trying to make the big play. But with the time and place uh, uh, that we were in and, and the ball, uh, the, t- the clock running down, I, I think we really just need to go back and look and say, well, it, you know, play the man if he still ends up making the catch because you could have been, perhaps made a pass breakup if you play the man in that situation instead of the ball. Um, you're going to get the tackle. They're on what? Maybe the 25 yard line with about 30 seconds to go. You still have a chance to, to get out of there and hold him to three or maybe the way things were going, uh, today with missed field goals, they wouldn't have gotten any points. So you're right. You started by saying the last thing that can happen on that play is a touchdown. And I think that's my greater point. And I appreciate Savage taking responsibility after the game and, and admitting that that play can't happen. Um, it feels like we've been on the wrong side of that a few too many yeah. times but um other than that i can't really fault too much with this packers defensive performance dane kind of curious what are, you, what are your thoughts on the bengals clock management uh, at the end after mason missed his not his last but his second to last field goal uh at the in the fourth quarter with about three minutes left bengals get the ball back decent field position I think they still had two timeouts left and they were moving the ball down the field and it seemed like they were just taking their good old time, didn't use any of their timeouts and they end up getting it to a point where it's like kind of let the clock run. They didn't run out of time. I get it. They got the fourth down. It just felt like they gifted the Packers uh, in that situation. I was sure happy that they didn't use any of their timeouts, set up some plays because, uh, I, I don't know, it, it seemed curious. Let's just put it that way. Then they run their kicker out there, and, yeah, he, he had the distance, plenty of distance, mm-hmm. but you miss it, and you give Aaron Rodgers the ball at the 45-yard line. That's plenty of time, and we should have won that game at mm-hmm. the end of regulation. So um, if you're the Bengals coaching staff, you almost had to be kicking yourself uh, at the end. I thought that was going to be over with Mason trotting out there and making the Bengals pay for just bungling uh, an opportunity there at the end of regulation, but it wasn't to be the way that it turned out. So um, anyway, I, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. I guess in the grand scheme of things, it didn't make any difference because neither team was able to take <laughs> care of business at the end of regulation anyway. Yeah, we gave him a few more chances after that, Wag. So I guess it didn't matter. But I, I hear you. I think that, you know, if you're if you're Bengals, they're probably sick to their stomach on on that clock management. I think that Higgins had a drop on third down uh, late that that would make them sick too. That I feel like could have probably sealed it for them. So they probably got a few things that they're going to be going back and looking at. And um, I'm just glad we were able to capitalize on it eventually because I, you just you, you normally you don't get this many chances to win a game and then actually win the game 
in this league. Normally you get a chance and after that you're 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 in trouble if you're not able to capitalize. But both teams were kind of looking at each other, um, you know, making mistakes in the kicking game. I'm just glad the Packers were able to finish that one up and, and close it out. Otherwise, I'd be a little sick to my stomach talking about this game today if we wouldn't have won it because I feel like the opportunities were there and it's so hard to win in this league. It, it sure is. And um, yeah, for the specialist today, uh, Corey Borges and, and Mason Crosby, certainly a day to forget for yeah. both of them. However, uh, Mason said it best. He just said, well, I just remember the last kick and it feels pretty good right now. So I think that's about all you can say uh, about that in that situation. Um, you touched on it, Dane, just kind of taking a step back. Now we've got uh, two wins on the road, mm-hmm. both on uh, game-winning field goals. I, In a way, you know, it is hard to win, and I felt like we were the better team in yeah. both of those games, talking about San Francisco and then today. Uh, today, it didn't feel like we deserved to lose, but we sure weren't necessarily deserving to win either. Um, so it's taking nothing away from them because we ended up doing just enough to get the win, but... It's not a stretch to think that we could have dropped one or even both of those games, but uh, at the end of the year, it doesn't matter. We're able to pull out two road victories, uh, and that's all that really matters at this point. And now the Packers sit atop the NFC North uh, at 4-1. and one. And, Wags, I'm curious, the Mason Crosby, the, the, the drama uh, of, of it all, they asked Coach LaFleur after the game, and I, I was impressed, honestly, by his candor. And they asked him, you know, did you think about on that fourth and inches not going with Crosby and going for it? And he flat out said, yeah, he did. He thought about it. And it sounds like he went up to Mason Crosby himself and said, are you good? And Crosby assured him, yeah, I can make this kick. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, it sounds like Rodgers also went up to the special teams coach, Drayton, and asked, is he going to make this? And Drayton said, heck yeah, he's going to make it. And Rodgers said, okay. Um, very interesting, though, the dynamics, I guess, of what that says in the locker room and with these guys. Like, it sounds like Aaron Jones went up to Crosby after he'd missed a couple, told him he loved him. He was the first one to greet him after the field goal. Um, winning teams have each other's back. And you can can't say enough about it. Some teams just have that extra something. They like to play for each other. There's a trust factor there. And even with Crosby having one of those days where it just wasn't his day, um, what does it say to you that the team went back out there again? What does it say to you that I, I you know, the coin toss, they rolled Crosby out there. I think that there's a lot to be said about that on Lafleur's end to kind of keep Crosby engaged, especially in that coin toss moment. To me, that was Lafleur saying, "Mason, we need you still here. You need to be involved in this." So, what's your take on just overall the the, the behind the scenes, the stuff that you can't see necessarily on camera? Uh, because I think it says a lot about this team's character and what they're building towards right now. Yeah, for sure. And I think what that says is it's not that the players and the coaching staff don't, in the grand scheme of things, have trust in Mason Crosby, but I do also appreciate the honesty in them recognizing that it just isn't his day. I mean, it happens to everyone. It's not like they're going to go back and be like, well, he's a bum. We need to get rid of him. They all get it. They've all been there. They've all had days where it's just not their best days. Unfortunately for a kicker, it just happens to be much more glaring and much more um, obvious to anyone watching if it's a bad day. So um, I, I don't think it says anything bad that they're saying well maybe we should go for it it's just man the the dude's having a tough day that's all that was but um i i don't know if i was super confident that he was going to make that last (laughs) one but i'm sure glad he did because he needed it i think at at, at the fact that it went through it's i think it's going to be forgotten next week it's a non-issue to me um and and really it shouldn't even be anything that we need to talk about as far as i'm concerned moving forward so um dane i lost my train of thought i think we do want to talk about our big cheese players of the week there was something else i was going to ask you about but i'm not remembering it right now so why don't we just go with the big cheese players of the week and if it comes back to me we'll talk about it before we sign off but um okay offensively 
it's Devontae Adams. It's Devontae, I, I don't yeah. even think <laughs> we don't even really need to, to question. There's there's no we, there's no one else that's really gonna qualify here. Uh, the dude was targeted 16 times today. Yeah. Ends up with 206 receiving yards, 11 receptions, and a touchdown. It was just flat out doing work. I, I don't know what else he needs to to do to earn a contract extension. Yeah. Uh, hint, hint, uh, <laughs> Packer front office, uh, pay the man. Uh, he deserves it right now for the work that he's doing out there. And uh, congrats because just another heck of a performance. It's almost like you take for granted when you get a Devontae Adams performance like this because we've seen so many of them over the last few seasons. Yeah, Devontae was unbelievable. Um, again, he's a Madden player at this point. It's it's almost like video game style when he's out there. And it's it's your to your point. It's almost like it's not noticeable when he has a hundred yard game because he's that good. He does it so routinely in this Packer offense. He's just. He's unguardable most weeks, and to watch him play, a lot of fans never get to see a 200-yard receiver for their team, and for him to just kind of do it in another ho-hum, all right, another 200-yard, here's a touchdown, I'm Devontae Adams week, just incredible, more than deserving to be our big cheese player on the offensive side this week. For sure. On the defensive side, Dane, it's harder. you could go a couple of different directions. One guy we didn't even really talk about, which was Adrian Amos. I thought he had a terrific game today. Uh, ended up with an interception, a nice play. Uh, I'm not nominating him only because of the interception, though. He ended up with eight tackles, uh, was really strong against the run. Uh, I thought that he uh, was uh, strong in coverage, came up and uh, was responsible a lot for tight end and running back coverage, uh, made some nice open open field tackles. Uh, so I thought he was uh, uh, really, really uh, impactful today and, and had perhaps his best game of the season. Uh, and then DeFonda Campbell, who we talked about, um, obviously made some big, big plays out there uh, as well with the interception and it was just all over the field again. Uh, so I think those are the two obvious ones. Dane, I don't know if you have a third guy you want to throw out there to nominate uh, this week for the defensive big cheese. I, I, you know, you could go a few directions, but I think that those two guys were just so impactful. It's hard not to give it to one of them. Um, Wags, I would probably go closer to Amos this week. Uh, the passing attack of this Bengals team is really their focal point. And the fact that the Packers were able to do what they did, Chase aside, Chase was incredible, but I thought that Amos, uh, was cleaning up throughout the game, had that nice interception, but all the other stuff, all the dirty work that you don't see him doing, and he's just so sound fundamentally. I got to think that he is a, is a great example of Big Cheese Player of the Week on the defensive side this week. He was who I was going to go with as well, so it's unanimous then. Uh, Adrian Amos is our defensive Big Cheese Player of the Week. I, I have to ask, Dane, not to be negative, but I don't know if anyone on our special teams unit, uh, specialists definitely don't qualify for big cheese this week. Uh, game-winning field goal aside, sorry, Mason, it's not your week. Anyone else on, on the special teams unit from a coverage or a protection standpoint? It's a little bit harder to pinpoint sometimes. But uh, any, do you think there's anyone that qualifies uh, for a special teams big cheese? You know, it's it's hard for me to pick out this week. Um, kind of kind of looking it over. I watched I watched it. I Wags. I think that um, his name's escaping me right now. If if I needed to um, go, it's the the young tight end that we are at, Tyler Davis that we were able to bring in a couple of weeks ago. I thought he had a really nice coverage. Um, probably the third quarter, maybe early in the fourth quarter. I thought that he had some good coverage there. So if I had to go with somebody, I would go with him special teams wise. He's he's shown up now a couple weeks in a row. It's not easy to come into uh, uh, onto a team and then do what he's doing, which is show up. I think he's working to earn, keep a spot on this roster somehow, even when Dom Daphne comes back off the IR, whenever that happens. So I think it's at least worth highlighting him today because I thought that his blocking looks good his coverage is good uh good on him he's got to keep showing though 
So I think uh, let's he, let's call it a shout out. He didn't quite earn a big cheese for me. Got to do a little bit more work, young man. Uh, you'll get there. But uh, yeah, just looking at special team statistics, no one had more than one tackle or assist. Um, we didn't have a, a play like uh, Yadam had uh, last yeah. week, where he he, he uh, helps to pin uh, the opposing team inside the five yard line. Um, so you know, unless I see or we didn't have a, you know a gunner go down, there was an opportunity to on a punt and, and you know stick someone so there just wasn't really anything that stood out so I think um, unfortunately it just wasn't the special teams day uh, from a team standpoint or from a specialist standpoint uh, so unfortunately I think we're just gonna say that no one qualified but I, I do appreciate the shout out for for Davis uh, because we we need all the help we can get uh, so if he's able to contribute moving forward that would sure be helpful so uh, Dane, I didn't uh, have anything that came back to me and what I was going to mention. Um, I will say, uh, just looking forward, we'll be back on Thursday night for our preview of week six, and uh, that will be against the Chicago Bears. We're going back in division, traveling to Chicago, fourth road game in six weeks. Uh, we're going to be shorthanded again, uh, more than likely. Perhaps Elton Jenkins is able to come back uh, next week and, and help with with this offensive line, they've they've held it together uh, these last few weeks, but he would be a welcome addition back. Um, so uh, that's something to look forward to. Uh, but uh, it's going to be exciting to uh, be able to talk about a familiar opponent and our biggest rival uh, down in Chicago uh, this week because it's not going to get any easier moving forward. No, so listen, follow us on Instagram and Facebook and and Twitter. Uh, we're on YouTube, you know, you can, you can download our podcast anywhere. We're doing this live right now on Facebook and YouTube, but tomorrow it's going to be available wherever you get your podcast. So iTunes and, and Google and, and Spotify and anywhere else. Um, but just happy wags. We got another win. Four and one is hard to do in the NFL to be four and one to have gone on the road and do what we're doing right now. If we can take care of, uh, continue to take care of business, but also take care of our division opponents. I'm really going to like our odds this year. I like this team. I like the makeup. I like that they're picking each other up. The next man up mentality of the 2021 Green Bay Packers team right now is very apparent. I like what we're seeing. For sure. And I mean, listen, we may be a little bit fortunate that we're four and one, but that's the way that goes in this league. You just find a way to win. And the Packers have been able to do that. Throw away week one. I think we can safely do that at this point. And we've, we've come back and responded with four straight games, uh, that we've won. And that's what championship and contending, uh, Super Bowl type teams do in the face of adversity. Uh, we've got key players go down. Uh, next man up, indeed, we have been able to do that in the face of adversity. So uh, you got to give credit to what uh, these guys have been able to accomplish. And uh, uh, heck, uh, we may be due for a little bit of a letdown game, but I'm kind of happy that we've got a rival uh, coming up and that it's on the road. Yeah. I think that's going to keep everyone's uh, attention, focus, and understanding there's still some things to clean up. Um, and I'm looking forward to this next one. It's always fun to go down to Chicago. Uh, Randall Cobb time down in Chicago and Soldier yes. Field. Uh, so that's going to be my early uh, sneak peek uh, X Factor for <laughs> next week, Dan. We might we might have a double X Factor. We might have a double X Factor. Time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll have a few nights to think about that. So, um, folks, thanks so much for joining us here on the live uh, we'll be back 7 30 uh, on thursday night here on facebook and youtube don't forget to subscribe and follow yes. uh and uh thanks so much for joining us be legendary and go pack go go pack go we gonna go hard we been that team ever since bart star all my cheese heads go pack go ain't show with no mercy cutting no slack no i ain't a bad sport and i'll even wish you good luck only thing i will say